You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is my brother-in-law, Alex. Now, Alex is a hardcore fisherman. Like, that's that's what he lives for. I think, I think if he couldn't fish, you might as well take him off this earth. Every time I'm over there hanging out or I, I stop by, he is getting his boat ready, he's messing with his motor, he's getting all the gear in or out of the boat, depending on if he's about to head out to fish or just getting back from fishing. And uh, yeah, he married my sister a few years back, and one of the first things that I had to find out was like, dude, do you hunt and fish? And he's like, man, fishing's where it's at. So anyways, not that you you all needed to know that, but we're sitting across from the table from each other for this one, so I'm pumped to be in-house with Alex, and we're going to talk all about the Wisconsin fishing opportunities and what he's been up to lately. Let's jump in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and I am back in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, this is going from Florida to Missouri to Wisconsin. I feel like the opposite of a snowbird right now, but I'm hanging out here with my brother-in-law, Alex. What's up, fellas? And Alex, he, he's he <clears throat> been fishing for a long time, and every time I talk to him, he's like, dude, I'm going fishing. In fact, tomorrow, you're going fishing. Taking out some walleyes. Yeah. Uh, all the lakes, are they open up right now, or are you doing ice fishing? Well, we're uh, going to be on the Mississippi River. That's pretty much where it's only legal to keep the walleye. Um, there are, There's still a lot of ice out there. Some not so safe, others safe. Kind of hit and miss on uh, late ice. Yeah, I'm, 
I mean, I'm pumped to one hear how you do tomorrow, but to jump into this conversation and hear about all your fishing exploits because we've fished together one time. Um, but every time I talk to you, you're like, man, me and your sister went out fishing and you know, she caught this, I caught this and just kept going. And I, I mean, I, I miss coming back up for ice fishing because I grew up ice fishing. I mean, I grew up walleye and pike and muskie and I, I just don't do a whole lot of that down in Missouri now. So why don't you start out by sharing with the listeners how you got into fishing in the outdoors? Real simple. I got into it from my dad. He grew up fishing and <clears throat> would tell me all kinds of stories uh, when he was a kid. And it just kind of went from there. Started out with the Zepco 33 Classic push button reel and a rod that could wheel, reel in a, a shark or a rod that could reel in a shark. Uh, and went from there. Uh, it's kind of my kind of my thing. So yeah, Dad and I did a lot of fishing. What was there a specific thing that he would go after, or was it like, hey, we're gonna try to catch this species in the morning, this species during the day, um, or was it kind of like, hey, whatever we catch, we're we're catching? Yeah, it was pretty much whatever we catch, we're catching. It wasn't uh, we weren't skilled enough to to really hone in our our craft, but. We did do a lot of uh, a lot of pan fishing. That was a lot of fun. We get up to Lake Shatek, um, and once we found a couple of spots, we really dialed it in. And the spring fishing was insane, just ripping lips constantly. Yeah, that's sweet. I I remember going out. I mean, it was only a weekend thing for us. Um, just whenever my dad had off work, and we would go out. And it was like, man, this spot's good for walleye. This spot's good for pike. We didn't really do <clears throat> a ton of pan, pan fishing. And I don't know why. I mean, there's amazing crappie and bluegill and, and sunfish and all kinds of different things up here. But we just never really got into it. I don't know if it was like the fight that he liked out of the walleye and the pike and the muskie or what. I fished with your dad, and he, he loves the bigger fish. I think he likes the fight of them. Panfish are easier to catch Yeah. Um, as a whole. Uh, and you can catch them year-round. Um, you don't really have a lot of laws aside from the bag limit on them. Yeah. So uh, with walleye, you have they're pretty heavily regulated. regulated, And then you have your bass and whatnot. They're fun to catch, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, for kids, it's easier to go for panfish. Uh, but when you kind of dial it in, you know, and you, you kind of figure out your spots that you like, I mean, everyone's got their spot or two, and it's just how it works. It's, oh, man, there's nothing better. Man, there's there's guys down in Missouri that are diehard uh, crappie fishermen. I mean, like, that is what they live for. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. They're looking forward to when crappie really gets good. And I look at, I mean, dude, the the coolers that they fill to the top with these things, I'm like, I I guess I mean I've eaten crappie, but I've never been like, man, I want to go catch some crappie to cook it up. But these guys are sold out. Crappie are some of the bigger size uh, panfish, at least up in this area. I've never fished in Missouri, but um, yeah, they're definitely fun. Um, yeah, I guess I think uh, crappie are a little more finicky than the rest of the uh, panfish, um, and so like when we go fishing for walleye. Uh, we're typically fishing a foot or two above where, or I'm sorry, below where the, uh, crappie are at. And so 
we'll pick up crappie while we're walleye fishing. So it kind of, for us anyways, it just goes hand in hand and we just troll just a, a floating pink and, and white uh, jig head and uh, uh, bullet weight sinker. And we're doing about less than a mile an hour. We find a ridge and we hit it. So, I mean, that's, that's what you do kind of right now or when the, when the ice is thawed, what, what's the strategy? I mean, when you go ice fishing, you've got to kind of know the lake before you go out there. All structure it, yeah. or structure so, or the contour. That's a big one. So you have your spots on the lake that you know, like, Hey, I'm going to go cut a hole here, or cut a series of holes here. And, um, I, I've always thought that was kind of funny. Like when people travel to ice fish, I'm like, they, these have to be lakes that they've fished before. Otherwise or word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, you can look at a contour map, a lot of these, this electronics, uh, that's out there. Like I have only really used hummingbird, but their maps chip is, is amazing. And it's on some of the lakes. It shows you every nook and cranny. It'll show you where the, the structures at, where the cribs are at the main channel flow. I mean, it's endless. And so you can come up with a, come up with a pretty good plan as to where you want to try. It's always, it's still only trying when you're ice fishing. I mean, especially when the wind's kicking, it's 20 miles, you know, 20, uh, 20 below zero. I mean, it's cold. It's real mm-hmm. cold. And we like the whole hop because then we're able to find the fish, chase the fish. Um, once we kind of have a spot set up that where we like, depending on weather and and the depth and, you know, all the other things that go into it, we just do the Vexlar or actually Markham's what we use and just our flashers and just see what happens. But it is so much fun. Like you'll, you'll start jigging at the bottom, you'll see the fish and you'll jig up and jig up and it'll, you just slowly raise up a little bit and then you stop and you just let it drop uh, just a little bit and you jig just a little more and wham, that fish is on it. And it is, there's nothing better. There really yeah. isn't. Do you, do you only do rod fishing when you're ice fishing or do you do tip ups and tip ups and tip downs too? Okay, cool. It kind of depends. Like, if it's real windy, it's hard to do tip downs. It's really hard. They won't stay up. Um, tip ups aren't too bad uh, when it's real windy, but you're constantly going out and clearing the holes. Yep. And if it's cold, that sucks. But when you get a nice sunny day, uh, my wife caught a, a 22 and a half inch largemouth through the ice on a tip up. Uh, we had a shiner on it. I still wish I'd have mounted it. That thing was monstrous, cutting eight inch holes. And I had to close a fish's mouth to get him out of the ice. <laughs> That's awesome. It was amazing. And she was just, she was beside herself. She didn't know what to do. She never caught a fish that size. Did you get a picture of it? Yeah, we got pictures. Yeah. Dude, you can, you know, the, there's plenty of taxidermy places now that you actually just send the picture of the fish in and the measurements on it. You can tell them the weight, the length, and then the picture. And they will do a perfect replica of the fish. I only have the length. I have no other measurements. I don't have the weight. And the picture is, uh, we'll say, less than good. Oh, okay. So I, I can't really say for sure out loud that she got that kind of big fish because she certainly showed me up that day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it really was. Tip downs, too, when the tip down is just starting to go down a little bit and you can see it, um, you go over there and you wait and you wait and you wait and then you set the hook. And sometimes you set it too soon. Sometimes you don't. Ah, oh, awesome. I, I've been seeing a lot more in, I think the way that social media works is if you watch like a full video of something, like they'll start showing you more that are similar to that or in the same category. 
And uh, I've been watching a lot of the ice fishing videos that pop up lately. And uh, the pike spearing and the sturgeon sturgeon spearing. I actually videos. just found out about that. We go up for a week um, on the triple flowage up by Hayward every year. And on the reservation, the natives can uh, spear. Yeah. And so there's spear sacks set up all over the place. And we actually have to go inside one and check it out and see, like, what was in there. And there's this giant hole cut in the ice. And they have a fake fish down there. Uh-huh. It's a, like a wood fish or plastic fish. And the, whatever comes swimming by, and they just drop their spear. These things are huge, man. They're like pitchforks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we say spear. It's like it's like a trident. Or, oh, oh, more than that. Yeah. yeah. I think there's six... Six um, six prongs, and each one of them is barbed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they fight. And even when you try and get them up, they fight. It, it's a two-man job to get them up. Yep. Yeah, I was. It, it was really cool. I watched a documentary years ago, and it was called The Frozen Chosen. And I think it was on Netflix. But they documented uh, the spearfishing season on Lake Winnebago. And they do it every year for sturgeon. And it is a giant deal in that area. And I'm like, dude, how did I grow up in Wisconsin and never know about this? No kidding. But they've got very specific limits on it, and um, there's fish. I mean, these guys will go out, and I don't remember offhand how long the season is. I want to say it's a pretty a couple weeks long. Yeah, it's not long. And they will sit, they will sit every hour of the day that is legal to sit and just wait and mm-hmm. wait and wait and. There's people who do it, and they don't have a single opportunity for, like, six straight years. And then there's guys that, like, by day two, they spear one of the biggest ones that anybody gets that year. And they've got their areas set up. They've got their family stuff. Like, one family will hold down a whole area of a lake or of the lake, and there's, like, polka music that they play all the time. (laughs) Like, on the radio, that's all they listen to in in their shanties and uh, I, dude, I've got to get over there and experience that at some point. Cause I'm I, like, that would be so much fun. I've never done it, but I saw it and we, we didn't have any fish come by, but it was just nice to see, you know, what's done in there. And you brought up the, the laws and whatnot. So different lakes in Wisconsin have different laws, different regulations. <clears throat> and I'm noticing that some of the lakes that we fish regularly, like, uh, Lake Altoona, it's fished really, really hard year round. Um, there's a two day ice fishing tournament on it every year and it just gets pounded all the time. And so the, the quantity of fish is there, but the quality has drastically dropped from when I was a kid and even the, the clarity of it has changed. Um, no, granted it is river fed, but you know, I mean, it's, it's really been beat up. And so I'm noticing that some of the locals will do different things to, um, to help with that population. You know, they'll report guys that are poaching. Uh, they'll re- report all kinds of different things. And so I'm, I'm actually, it's kind of frustrating when you catch a fish and you're like, oh, that'd be really nice to take home. But on the other end, put it back so it'll get bigger, mm-hmm. create more fish. Um, yeah, I think uh, those regulations are really put in place to help the fisheries not hurt them. It's, you know, it depends on the fishermen you talk to, but it makes sense. Yeah. I, I was talking to somebody in Missouri when I first moved down there for college and I was like, man, fishing season's going to open up soon. And they're like, 
fishing season. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, there are certain times of year that, like, you can keep fish, different species, you know. They're like, what are you, dude, you're crazy. Like, there's no such thing as a fishing season. And I'm like, dude, there are parts of the year when you can keep <laughs> fish. And they're like, no, there is not. Like, fishing is fishing. You can go do it whenever you want. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe it's different down here in Missouri. But but I remember, like, catching certain fish. And as a kid, my dad being like, hey, we can't keep this. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it doesn't fall in the slot limit. And I was like, I just caught this fish. Like, I pulled it out of the water. I convinced it to bite onto this hook. This is my fish. Did you really convince it, though? Oh, well, I mean... I, I think it was just real hungry, but I'm like, this is like, I caught this fish. This is my fish. And he's like, Nope, it's going back. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is insane. But it makes sense. I mean, like the, the DNR, they, they know what they're doing. They do the studies, they figure out, you know, what the, what the best size for reproduction is, or, you know, the, the amount that they can take at a certain size that won't affect the population too greatly. And so, um, that's one thing that people need to understand. Like when you go fish different places, it might not be like your home pond where you can fish all year long and you can keep whatever, whatever you, you want, want or yeah. throw whatever you want back. If you go to a new place, regardless of what the regulations are where you live, like just make sure you check. It's nice in Wisconsin. Like they'll have uh, at the boat landings, public boat launches, they have it's posted. Yep. The invasive species, the walleye slot limit. Uh, if there is one, um, all of them, you know, I mean, you don't see really too many trout in these lakes, but um, there's different uh, regulations for those, of course. And so it's kind of nice that in Wisconsin anyway, like it's posted to, it's a yellow sign, black writing. You can't miss it. Yeah. And so, cause there are lakes that I've gone to that I don't know. And I've had to drive back to the boat landing just to go take a look at the sign because I didn't have my reg book with me or whatever, and I don't want to find out the hard way. Oh, yeah. That would be that'd be rough. I mean, I've heard of people getting stopped, and they check, and they, they measure the fish. And I'm like, dude, that would – I just can't imagine doing something not by the book and then losing the right to do it because you mess up one time or you do you, you make a bad judgment call and you're like, oh, I'm not going to get stopped. They don't make fish stretchers. No. It, yeah, you don't – just don't mess with it. Like, it's not play it that. by the book and there's plenty of fish out there. Like, go find the one that's the right one to keep. That's right. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. When uh, So, as a kid, you, you started fishing with your dad. How did it progress from there? Because now, I mean, I would say, gosh, 50% of our conversations – kind of have to do with fishing yeah so the uh like when i'd i'd beg dad to go fishing he'd be working a long a long stretch of whatever he was doing you know for his job and i beg him to go fishing let's go let's go let's go and i got it i got to the point where i actually enjoyed setting up the rods and the bait and the boat and making sure everything was organized and we had everything to, to go i just really enjoyed it because it had to do with fishing um and so Dad would hook up the boat, and off we'd go. And uh, I could tell stories for years on all the different things that have happened. But uh, I remember one specific time. I don't remember what lake we were on. We were in Wisconsin. And the wind was bad. And I would give Dad shit about not being able to keep the boat where he's supposed to because I knew it annoyed him. (laughs) 
And that so, doesn't sound like you at all, never, man. Pushing never. people's buttons? No. Heck no. <laughs> so uh, the cleats on the boat, uh, my dad's uh, rod slipped under the cleat on the boat. Well, we're bobber fishing. Bobber goes down. He grabs a rod, pulls back, snaps it in two. Ooh. So, of course, me not pushing anyone's buttons, just go to town on him. <laughs> picking on him, picking on him. 20 minutes later, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, we had so much fun. We caught so many fish. Um, it, uh, I think the best part of it in general was not only spending time with Dad, but just the sun and being outside and, and just the experience of it all. Um, when we'd go like to Shatak, because it's such a large lake, there's a, it's a chain of lakes. I think there's three or four that are connected and they're not small. And so we kind of have to use different techniques, different equipment. Um, so we use these mini mites and we tip it with a, I don't remember if we used a minnow or a worm and we cast it out. We just let it fall to the bottom. We, you know, jig it up once or twice Boom, there's a crappie. We're only about seven, seven and a half, maybe eight feet of water, but it was an all sandy bottom. It was in the during the spawn. Um, lots of crappies that way. But tomorrow we're going to be using uh, a Fenwick. Um, I think it's a six foot, six foot nine. Um, medium action, medium light actually, fast tip. Um, and we're just going to vertical jig because the current is going to be real heavy. I'm fishing with about an ounce jig head, and I'm probably going to have maybe another half an ounce in a bullet weight on it so we can get it to the bottom because we're in the Mississippi by the Lock and Dam. Yep. And so it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's I love I've always loved the diversity in fishing that you can get around here. There's I mean you can fish so many different types of habitat, so many different types of lakes. I mean you've got the big lake fishing. If you go north, if you go all the way to the east side of the state, um, you've got small lake fishing. You've got rivers. You've got big rivers. Huge. I mean, you've got the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're talking like there are spots where that sucker is wide and fast moving. And if you can get up close to the dam, you can find some monster fish. Oh, yeah. And then you've got small streams that have that have uh, trout in them. Mm-hmm. I remember – Dude, I didn't even know what a trout was. Like, I was, I was, well, it would have had to be between kindergarten and fifth grade because that's the only time I lived in that area. But we would go to a bridge and we would just fish off of the bridge. It was I used to live by that bridge. Right that's a here. class B trout stream. Yeah, right down. Yeah. I mean, we're, what, five miles from it yeah. right now. Yeah. And we would stand up there and we would just toss a line out there with, you know, I don't, I couldn't tell you what we were using at the time. And we'd be bringing in trout. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing. And now looking back on it, I'm like, dude, that was an amazing trout stream. Like, we really did well on that until I I want to say your wife hooked our sister Becky on a bat cast one time. <laughs> just caught her in the cheek. And we're talking a tiny, tiny little hook. But it caught her enough to where it ruined everybody's day fishing. <laughs> so... No, I love, I do love the diversity of fishing here. And I mean, you can get into great bass fishing you can great, get into great pan fishing. And I know guys that do nothing but musky fish. And I mean, they're fishing for big boys. Oh yeah. They so, call that the fish of what? 10,000 casts or something like that. I yeah. mean, it's, 
Yeah, I've talked to some musky fishermen, and like you, like they're ch- even using live bait. They're chubs. They're like fifteen, twenty bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, some of the some of the lures that they're using for those things are bigger than most fish that people catch. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, we've we've seen them take out in. I can't tell you if it was a pike or a muskie, but we've been fishing at different lakes up here, and in the in the spring and summer when there's uh, goslings and and ducklings swimming around. It's not uncommon to, you know, get back in a cove. You see a mallard with a bunch of ducklings swimming around, and all of a sudden there's a splash, and there's one less duckling. Oh, yeah. I mean, they will – you can throw you can throw mouse, like, bait yeah. out there and pull it over the top. You can put literally just what looks like – imagine taking a peep off of oh, – yeah. like, out of an Easter oh, candy yeah. snack yeah. and throwing it out there and pulling it back. They'll come and hammer that thing. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I think uh, – I'd never done any musky fishing at all. Um, I caught one by mistake one time, put it back. Um, but that's, that's, I don't know. It's, it, I want to catch more fish. Maybe it's an instant gratification. Um, but I, I want to catch more fish. I guess steps on that, trying to get him into more fishing. I mean, you get a kid hooked on fishing, you're not going to have enough money for drugs or alcohol. Yep. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of a big thing. And it's to get, I think to get, the other thing as a kid, it didn't cost very much to get into fishing. I needed a hook, line, sinker, a couple of bobbers, uh, a crap reel, and a crap rod, and go. Yep. That's it. I mean, it was super, super easy to get to. And we lived right by the uh, Eau Claire River, so I could ride my bike down there. Um, and we just fish. Have you Have you gotten into different types of fishing over the years or did you kind of start out with one and and stick with it have you tried like fly fishing at all uh no i haven't gotten into fly fishing um it's been you know the the open-faced reel uh you know the spin cast reel spin cast rod um that's it i mean the rest of it i think is too specific for me i like the diversity of what i'm into what I have gotten into more, though, is definitely the different species, learning how to target them and what to look for. I got a buddy of mine, I mean, and this guy can catch fish in the desert. And I've learned so much from him over the years. And he's really got me into walleye fishing and how to do it in the in the equipment and the tackle um, and what to look for in the bottom. I mean, that's a, that's a big part. You don't have yeah. to have the best equipment or tackle. If you can find them, you can find them. Yep. Yeah, and it, it, and especially different parts of the year. I mean, exactly. You get into certain parts of the year, and those fish are going to hit anything, anything that gets close to absolutely. Them. And uh, there, there's so much science and so much information that goes into like really honing in the skill of fishing. That I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't have time to figure all that out. Like, I just need to go with people who know what they're doing. That's kind of what I did. I ride in his coattails a lot. Like, oh yeah. What do you? What do I need to buy? Yeah, I'm like, dude, if I went out there and had to figure this out by trial and error, like, I would starve. Like, I'm not going to eat fish ever again, you know? <laughs> like, I know enough now because I grew up around it, but but I talk to people, and they're just like, man, based on the based on the temperature, the cloud cover, the barometric pressure, the wind direction, um, you know, any current that you have in the water, uh, the time of year, and what, what algae is blooming, or what the sea, what the... Uh, weeds are doing at the bottom and i'm just like what 
Like you change every little thing up. And I always get overwhelmed by information. I'm like, dude, that's too much information for me. I want to go out and enjoy myself. Obviously, I would like to catch more fish. But if I can only do a certain thing at a certain day because of the certain uh, weather conditions, it's going to be annoying to me and I'm going to lose my desire to do it. I agree. I agree. I think um, a lot of it is just simply paying attention, you know, to what to what's going on around you. You know, if you're if like tomorrow when we go fishing, we'll pay attention to you know, are the other guys' lures, are they a brighter color or darker color? You can see that from a distance. Yeah. Are they constantly pulling in uh, a fish or not? And because we have that Lake Master chip, um, you know, we can kind of scroll over to roughly where they're at and see their depth. And are they only in that area or is there other depths in in and around us that we can fish that? Um, if it's overcast and you're always catching fish, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really get into the in-depth as you do but i don't do it for a living either and there's sometimes i'll go out and i'll take my wife out i know we're not going to catch much i don't care yeah. i just want to be out my dad always said a, a bad day fishing will always beat a good day at work oh absolutely and i i've yet to find it otherwise otherwise yeah i'm i'm the same way with hunting like if if there's good fishing going on i'll get out and go fishing um and like especially in the summer there's not a whole lot of hunting activity going on in the summer. I can do food plot prep. I can I can be putting out trail cameras and watch bucks grow in velvet. But for the most part, there's not a whole lot going on. And so that's when I get out and fish a lot. In the winter, the problem is we just don't have we don't have the ice in Missouri. Like yeah, yeah. it's very rare in my part of the country to have a nice enough ice to even walk on. And so, like, the ice fishing is non-existent, but you'll get enough ice, like, built up on the side to make fishing very inconvenient. You know, uh, like, yeah. you got to cast out over it or, yeah. or there's little pockets of it here and there, and it just drives me crazy. But Sometimes even having, like, a little John boat with a little 9.9 horse motor just to get you past it on a small lake. I mean, I remember going up to my grandparents' cabin as a kid, and they, it, it, I think it was a... 4.4 horse or I don't know it was nothing bigger than a than a seven horse motor on this boat that leaked aluminum and that was the first thing we wanted done was grandpa will you please set up the boat and we could go out in this little bay and we could be out there all day long if we wanted to we couldn't leave that bay take your life jacket your bait you got everything good and I mean that's all it took that was all it took and I loved every second of it because I had that freedom to just grab I'm going fishing and go yeah. And so it was uh, those moments, those times, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we really didn't catch much, but it was still real nice to to get out there. It's a small lake, just a spring-fed lake, and nobody ever restocked it or did anything. Um, what's nice where we live now, there's a small lake, oh, boy, maybe an acre or two, and they stocked it a couple years of trout. And this is the first time I actually fished fish trout. And they fight and jump out of the water like a bass. Yeah. I never, I'd never really done it. And so we'd go down there when I don't feel like dragging the boat anywhere, sit on the bank, have a can of pop, have some worms, and just cast it out and bring in some fish. And it was it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I like to learn new techniques or new ways of fishing. 
or, or hunting or really anything. And I have found social media is so addicting when it comes to like new things in the outdoors. Cause I see other people doing them and I'm like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I know I watched the other day. I want to say it was on Instagram. It was these guys and they were, they were sight fishing for trout. So like, you know, you get yeah. up to the, you get up to the bank, you look around, you find the trout. Well, instead of like fly fishing or casting or really doing anything, they were taking real long poles and it could have been their fly rods. I don't, I, it didn't really show that in depth, but they would take whatever fly that they had tied and they would just put it out over the bank and hang it above the water and out of the water. And they had a slow motion camera set up and they would catch these trout that were coming and jumping out and grabbing their fly oh, as it just hovered above. That is cool. I'm like, dude, I would love doing that. I got to, I got to do spot and stock trout fishing in Colorado when we were on a moose hunt, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. uh, you just sneak up. You don't want them to see your silhouette above the water. You just basically crawl up to the edge once you figure out where they're at, and you just drop your line in six inches. Boom, you'll catch them one after the next. Wow. And, I mean, they were real small. We were up in the mountains, and they were, you know, just 10 inches is, like, a big one. Okay. Where we okay. were at. But, like, they ate really well. You'd, you'd take them back, and, I mean, you'd have to have 15, 20 of them to make a decent meal for a few people. Yeah. But it was it was so cool. And then we did the same thing on a mountain goat hunt. Oh, but, really? But trying to trying to learn different things like that 